0: What is the first step in the home buying process? A lot of times people think it's just go online and start searching realtor.ca or all these other sites that they have out there. It's actually not the right step. The first thing you want to do is you want to pull together your power team. And let me be very clear. This isn't an advertisement for real estate agents. Yes, I own a brokerage. No, I don't care if you use me or not. Do I think that I'd provide a better level of service and I could do the best job out there? Of course, otherwise I wouldn't be in this industry. But regardless of that, the power team is what I would do if I wasn't in the business at all. And that would be who has accessed information. I don't. If I'm going into a marketplace, I don't understand, even as an agent. If I'm going to Vancouver, I'm probably calling Kelly and Cameron and people out there. If I'm going to Hamilton, I'm calling my boy, Mike Hettle. I'm calling experts in their marketplace. They know there's only challenges. They know that the development issues, they know what the good neighborhoods are because they put their 10,000 hours in. Then once I have that person, the next person I'm going to find is my mortgage agent because, okay, I've identified where I'm going to go purchase, but how am I going to buy it? Right? The money is a big problem. For a lot of people, in terms of understanding what options are out there, so having a very dialed in mortgage agent or somebody to walk you through that financial process is critical. Now, a lot of times, if I'm working in a specific market, I'm working with preferred vendors of the say real estate agent that I'm working with in that market, mainly because they're the quarterback, they're connected, they deal with hundreds of transactions, if not thousands, over their careers, and a lot of times they have ability of seeing a little bit further down the pipeline. You know, who are the people that are doing deals, offering good ethical advice, aren't just trying to get a fee or, you know, kick somebody to another lender because they're making a little bit more money there. Who is really looking out for the clients? The ones that stand the test of time, will put others' interests above theirs. And that comes down to fiduciary duty. What I talked about, you should be looking for in an agent or a representative, you should be looking for in a mortgage broker as well. But like I said, go to the quarterback, have a discussion with them, ask for two or three referrals, and then I bounce back between those to find a good fit for your personality. The next thing you're going to want to do is pick an attorney. Um, Biggest mistake people make in real estate is waiting till the very last second they write an offer on a deal Send paperwork to a lawyer at the last second and then everything's happening very, very quickly at the end. My opinion, get introduced to an attorney up front, establish a rapport and a relationship with them, find out what they're going to need from you so that you're organized and you're ready to rock. Now that you have that power team, then you have the ability to deploy them at any point in time. Think about it. It's almost like a zero cost solution until you do a transaction. These people are going to go out and be able to work for you, answer a lot of questions that you're dealing with through the real estate transaction and be an extra set of arms, eyes, ears, legs, feet, whatever you want um, as you're going down your real estate journey. And again, if you pick the right ones, they're going to be able to tell you about a lot of speed bumps. Now, the next part's the fun part. Again, we're talking very general topic um, today in terms of real estate, so it could be commercial real estate, could be investment, could be new construction, residential. You're going to pick a property type and a home type. So let's pretend you're buying a residential resale. You're Nicola because he's on the stream, and you want to go back to the community you grew up in and buy a house, maybe the one that you used to live in, whatever, it popped up for sale, right? And you're like, you know what? I want a two story house because I have a thousand kids and I want a backyard with a pool because that's awesome and super fun. You're narrowing down what your search is looking for. If you're like, well, I'm pre approved for $700,000, show me what I can buy. You're actually making the power team's job a little bit more difficult from being able to provide value. Because the more concise you are, the more they can turn around and find what you're looking for, or at least put you in front of the opportunities as they pop up. The most dialed in buyers get the most dialed in opportunities. You're looking for these houses in these neighborhoods. Yeah, it might take you a little bit longer, but as I get off market deals, you're first in my mind for that type of property. So I'd say, get dialed in, but I'm also going to let you in on a little secret in the real estate industry. A lot of people don't know. Guess what agents say behind closed doors? They say buyers are liars, not because you're an actual liar, but because buyers don't necessarily always know what they're looking for. And that's okay too. Buyers will walk into a situation, say I'm pre-approved for this much. I want to live in old South because of X, Y, and Z. And these are the neighborhoods that you know, all my friends live in, this is where I want to live. Yet the lifestyle that they're going to be living is actually completely counterintuitive to living in that style of home. So this is again, where your power team will come in. We've had buyers come in and saying, I want new home construction. I want to be in these neighborhoods. And as we're taking them through, we're extrapolating what life is going to be like. Yeah. You're the first home on the street. Great equity play. They're doing three more phased in price jumps in these neighborhoods. You're going to make probably another 30% on your home on top of the market appreciation, which nobody can promise. That's another discussion. Um, But those are the upsides of buying in new neighborhoods. Are you okay that you're going to be living in a dust cloud for five to 10 years, right? As they're building out these next three phases, because the lot you're selecting is right in line where those phase extensions are going to go, and you're going to have a lot of heavy equipment and And your kids aren't necessarily going to be able to run out and play in the streets, right? There's ways of approaching different asset classes. And if they want a new home, finding a neighborhood that's a little bit more developed that you can get into. But this is the dichotomy of finding real estate and understanding that you need to be flexible depending on what you think your needs are as to what your actual needs are. And the right power team can definitely help you with that. Now you found the property. The next phase is negotiate the deal. And this is where things can go well or they can go really poorly very quickly. Um, a lot of times people get excited about the negotiation process. they've watched too many movies. they just want to come in and lowball for the sake of lowballing when the deal that is right in front of them is a phenomenal deal. They lowball the property, they maybe you know dissuade the sellers a little bit, goes into sign back all of a sudden next day two more offers come in, they're in multiples and it sells for a price that they still would have paid anyways right So negotiating a property or having a proper negotiation strategy from the outset to me is as important as dealing with the power team. So sitting down with our buyers and the people we're strategizing with and saying, here's our option. Because as I said, nobody has a crystal ball. Here's path one, path two, path three. Here's the risk of those paths. Which one would you like to go down? When we agree on it, I'm going to go 100% down that path. Nobody's going to know we have this conversation but us. But that's where taking a step back will put you in a better position to negotiate a transaction in the best light possible. Best negotiation tip I could possibly give you, always be prepared to walk away. If you get an offer on your property and your agent says to you, listen, if we sign this back, there's a complete possibility that these people ghost and they're gone. Are you okay with that? Because this is a firm deal and a price that could move you on to the next phase in your life. And you say, Nope, sign it back 40K higher than that. And they leave. Don't turn around and get upset at your agent because you signed it back 40 grand higher and those people walked. If your agent gave you that ability to have that conversation with them. So planning your negotiation strategy, super important. Sign the actual contract. Depending on what type of market you're in, it's a madhouse in a lot of markets right now. Not a lot of people are necessarily putting conditions in your contract, which I always recommend, but that's a separate discussion. You know, you're going to have a due diligence period. So if you've accepted an offer and it has home inspection, financing, insurance, you're going to have, you know, typically call it seven to 14 days, depending on what type of market you're in. If you're in the commercial world, maybe it's 30, 45 to 60 days. And that is your time to go through and make sure that what you agreed to on paper is what you're actually getting right? High risk investors will go in, they won't even see properties and write offers on them sight unseen because they built that risk factor into their pro forma. A lot of times when you're purchasing a residential home, you're going to have a home inspector go through it. You're going to run your file through your mortgage broker. You're going to have your lawyer look at your documents. These are all the steps that it takes to actually go through and make sure that, you know, you're qualifying the asset that you're getting. One note that I will make on that is that is a critical junction in which, you know, once everything checks out, a lot of people can get stuck in paralysis by analysis. You know, Buyer and seller's remorse is a real thing. It happens to every single buyer on the planet. It happens to every single seller on the planet, meaning buy a property, you close, a month later, you're like, I think I overpaid. Meanwhile, the seller on the other end of that transaction turns around. He's like, I think I sold it for less than I could have got. You're both right. I mean, ultimately, you may be paid a little bit more than the market would have dared at the time, which is why you got it right? If you didn't overpay, you wouldn't get the property. So congratulations, you you got a property on the sales side. Yeah. If you waited one day more, real estate appreciates in value. You'd probably would have got more money, but was the opportunity cost of those sales? I think to a case in point, when we had a personal transaction, we could have waited another six months and made more on the sale of our home, but then the construction costs of materials actually went up. So Long story short, you can't look at hindsight, that's a latent indicator. You wanna look at the active indicators and what you're gonna be doing moving forward to succeed.